Here's a message from Ken Lavica. Isn't a sandal with a thing between the toes called a thong? Anyways, it's not Baker Mayfield, it's Baker Mayfield? Because he has a big old fat question mark at the end of his name. Stone Lebanowitz hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken Lavica Live. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. You want to go do karate in the garage? Yep. Turn it up. Turn it up! Now, live from the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's Ken Lavica Live on ESPN 1063. What now for Baker Mayfield? He is the newest quarterback reclamation project of the Carolina Panthers. Maybe the worst soap opera we've seen in football is over, but now the Baker Mayfield story is truly just beginning, and no one knows where it's at or where it's going to end up. Ken Levick alive Thursday here on ESPN 106.3, free ESPN app, and on your smart speaker, and at John Levine, Accident Attorney Studios, downtown West Palm Beach, right off of the breezeless and muggy intracoastal. Stone the Banowitz Friday night lights. He runs this meltdown until 2 o'clock. And Thursday means Jeanette Javier, the second day of two that she's in every week with us here on Ken Levick Alive, the ESPN 106.3 Dominican Queen. And so I feel like you're probably the authority on this. I think you're best equipped to answer this question. But Evan was talking about flip-flops and sandals and the thing between the toads. Doesn't that technically make it a thong? Like, isn't that what you call a thong if it has a thing between the toes? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a foot thong. A foot thong. Right, yes. not a not a butt thong. No, but, but it's uh, the same concept. A, a piece of cloth between two items. I never even put two and two together. The two items on the foot being your toes. toes. The two items with the thong being your butt cheeks. Yep, same concept. I learned something today. Jeanette, bless you. Thank you. I'm glad I can provide such insight to our show. That was... Excellent. Uh, So, Baker Mayfield, uh, Stone, yesterday broke the news. Well, he didn't break the news, but he giddily informed us, Jeanette, late yesterday, that Baker Mayfield, his boy, his bro crush, is off to the Carolina Panthers for a conditional fifth-round draft pick, and the Browns are going to eat a significant amount of his salary as he goes to Carolina. And now the question arises, Baker Mayfield versus Sam Darnold, is Baker Mayfield going to be the starting quarterback of the Carolina Panthers, or is it just too late? And so I was reading through the timeline of Baker Mayfield in Cleveland. And Jeanette, you remember, he came onto the scene on a Thursday night. The Browns had a losing streak that spanned two seasons, and he comes in, he wins the game. FAU's own Greg Joseph came on and kicked a, a, a big-time field goal late in that game, and Baker Mayfield immediately, the number one overall pick, captured the hearts of Cleveland. Now, the Browns would end up making the playoffs with Baker Mayfield in 2020. Then the bottom started to fall out. Odell Beckham, uh, his father, took to social media 
and created a video of all of the errant passes that Baker Mayfield threw in the direction of Odell Beckham that were off the mark, that didn't find his son, ripped into him. Odell Beckham never stood up to Baker Mayfield publicly. Uh, Apparently, the relationship with Jarvis Landry soured. Baker Mayfield then apparently started to have a problem with Kevin Stefanski, and it seemed like he lost the locker room. Very few people in that Cleveland locker room ever came to Baker Mayfield's defense. He was very sensitive around the media, and everything came to a head when the report started to surface that the Browns were pursuing Deshaun Watson, and Baker Mayfield took to his iPhone and in the notes app wrote a very woe-is-me letter to the fans of Cleveland that, to me, was a significant turnoff from a guy who coined the term, I woke up feeling dangerous. Now, maybe it's unfair of me, but if a guy is going to throw himself out there, be cocky, woke up feeling dangerous, I'm Baker Mayfield, plant the flag in the middle of the O at Ohio State, and then writes a weepy letter to Cleveland fans because he is sad that his team may be looking elsewhere when you're bottom half the league in accuracy and QBR. That doesn't send the right message, right? You're forgetting a very important detail of that message that he sent on his iPhone. Mm -hmm. It had his middle name. He signed it with his middle name, Baker Baker Reagan Mayfield. That's right. I forgot his middle name was Reagan. That's Baker, what... Reagan, Mayfield. You're right. That was the most cringy, eye-rolly part of the entire <laughs> thing. Yep. Baker, Reagan, Mayfield. <laughs> that name just sounds snobbish in and of itself. It sounds pretentious in and of itself. He would go on to uh, uh, demand a trade from the Browns, and he would go on what we've now deemed the Dead Dog Podcast. Who is that? What What? Uh, no-name white hip-hop artist hosts that podcast? <laughs> Mike Studd. Mike Studd, who had what appeared to be a dead dog corpse laying next to him during the entire interview where he would go on to play the victim card uh, with the Browns. Now, I'll say this. The Browns certainly picked one hell of a direction to go in because they go and get Deshaun Watson paying the biggest contract in the history of the NFL, and it is unlikely he's going to play this season, maybe even longer, because he appears to be allegedly a serial sexual assaulter. Not good. Problematic. But... They finally got Baker Mayfield off their hands, and so at least one part of their clouded story has become clear. Now Baker Mayfield's in a quarterback competition, and I think it's safe to say, maybe there's other ways to put it, but in its simplest terms, Jeanette, Baker Mayfield has now, with his career, he's at a crossroads, he's at a fork in the road, however you want to put it, there is a massive question mark at the end of Baker Mayfield because we don't have a clue what happens next or uh, how this story ultimately writes itself, which is wild considering he is a former number one pick who did take the lowly Cleveland Browns to the playoffs, but there's nothing but a question mark around him. For sure, and I think the fact that he was given for a fifth round pick, like you said, a number one draft pick for a fifth round, that's what he's worth now. That kind of shows just what people think and what the yeah. organization believes of him. That's like that's a great point. That's like a roadrunner Looney Tunes straight fall off of a cliff type that- of uh, type of, of a precipitous drop in value. For sure, and I wonder if his ego got even more hurt with that. Like, not only were you kicked out of your job, essentially, but 
this is what your value this is what you're worth now your ego doesn't match it you need to come I, down a bit I didn't even go to that place there's no doubt Baker sensitive right like you you and and yesterday we uh, we we revealed to the world uh, how active you are on the dating apps and you're an active dater you know a sensitive guy when you see one uh, Baker Mayfield does he fit your Jeanette Javier's definition of a sensitive guy super sensitive and very insecure guy <laughs> Oh, Stone. I can tell Stone is just seething inside right now because he loves Baker Mayfield. He thinks Baker Mayfield is the guy, the confidence. But I would argue that the confidence masks insecurity. How do you like that one, Stone? No, I hear you, but I don't, and I am seething. (laughs) I hear you, but I don't. It was just kind of like my, my, yeah, I don't hear you guys at all. He hasn't looked at me once, by the way. And I (laughs) And I, I think it's like a prove me contract. I think if we're talking contract, it makes sense, right? The Browns owed him, I think, nineteen million dollars. The Browns are eating ten of that. Panthers are giving them five and the rest in well, incentives. And they the understand the concept. That's the prove me. It's not Baker Mayfield trying to earn a contract and and prove something. It's the Browns proving to us how little value Baker Mayfield had. Yeah, like, by waited eating this long. 10, 10 of the nineteen million dollars and this and this process, yes, taking as long as it did, that's the prove me. It proves that Baker Mayfield is far from the number one pick that he was four years ago. Yeah, no doubt. But I do think it's a match made in heaven here with Matt Rule and the Panthers because he's looking to prove himself, and now the staff and everybody coaching the Panthers are relying on Baker to save their jobs just as much as he's trying to save his job now. So I like this scenario. I like this situation. I think a guy like him who's come up with a chip on his shoulder and has had his ups and downs has found himself in the right situation. Well, the Carolina Panthers have added another reclamation project to the quarterback scrap heap because all the things being said right now about Baker Mayfield were said about Sam Darnold last year when Matt Rule traded for him. And now Matt Rule is just compiling uh, a, 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 a mountain of passers. That's what he's doing right now, guys that he thinks he can change. It didn't go so well with Sam Darnold, and now he adds Baker Mayfield to the mix. And if you're Matt Corral, the Ole Miss product who got drafted, I'm sure you're thinking to yourself, what am I doing here? Like, what is what is my path here with the Panthers? Because I'm just out of college. I'm not a reclamation project. I'm looking to get a start. Not a great situation for him. But let me read you something from the great Bill Barnwell, ESPN.com. And this really sums up Baker Mayfield and really the majority of his career in Cleveland. In last season's opener against the Kansas City Chiefs, Mayfield looked like the passer who had finished the 2020 season ranked number 10 in QBR. The Browns scored touchdowns on their first three possessions before finally coming up short on Mayfield's game-ending interception. But in Week 2 against the lowly Texans, Mayfield suffered a torn labrum in his left non-throwing shoulder. He was never the same after that. Mayfield completed 82% of his pass in the first two games last year, the best rate in the NFL. The rest of the way, while wearing a harness to keep his left shoulder in place, Mayfield's completion rate fell to 57.7%, second worst in the league. His QBR tumbled to 27th, the largest QBR drop-off of any passer from the 2020 season, minus 30.4 to be exact. Through his marketing agent, Mayfield declined to speak to ESPN about the 2021 season, but in the YNK podcast, that's the Dead Dog podcast on April 13th, Mayfield did admit that the shoulder injury affected him mentally as well as physically. Following a 15-10 loss to the Steelers on Halloween, Mayfield's season would get even rougher and behind the scenes. His future 
future in Cleveland would become tenuous as the Browns began exploring a potential replacement. Of course, it was November 2nd when Odell Beckham's father posted the Instagram video. OBJ didn't disavow his father's comments publicly and did not call or text Mayfield, nor did teammates come to the defense of Baker Mayfield. And so by the end, based off those words from Bill Barnwell, it certainly seems like there weren't many who wanted Baker Mayfield in that locker room. So you've got a guy who in his NFL career was no higher than 10th in QBR. He was just barely in the top 10 at his best in quarterback accuracy. Yes, he made the playoffs. Yes, he won a playoff game. But he also sported the biggest drop in QBR from one season to the next, 2020 to 2021. He appears to be someone who becomes grading in the locker room. And, oh yeah, he's injured. He'll tell you all about it. And he admitted that it affected him physically and mentally last season. This is question mark through and through. Like I don't know what the ceiling is for Baker Mayfield, but I doubt I severely doubt it's anything resembling consistent playoff winner and sure as hell not a potential Super Bowl quarterback. I don't think I'm being crazy making these declarations. No, I'm with y'all. I mean, I can't disagree with any of that except for the fact that he did have the third highest QBR in 2020 at 95.9. But QB rating or QBR? QB rating. Or, okay. or, or behind the third, different. Third, high, third highest in the league. Well, okay, then I'm lying. QBR, okay. not QB okay. writing. What, okay. what, what you said, he wasn't in the top 10. He was actually third in 2020. And I hear everything. And I, and I think he was just pushed out. And I think through situation and, and where he was at what point in his career, through injury, and it's hard to battle through that. And I think Browns fans appreciate it in the moment. But looking back, you know, when he did start talking about his injury and everything, yeah, it did rub people the wrong way. So question mark quarterbacks, though, because Baker Mayfield isn't the only question mark in the NFL amongst quarterbacks going into this season. In fact, you know what this feels like, Stone? This feels like an obligatory football segment. Oh, yeah. Am I wrong? No, you're not. (laughs) Jeanette, am I wrong here? Like, it it is July 7th, right? July 7th? Yes, it is. It's Thursday. It's July 7th, and we're talking football. And we're based in West Palm Beach. We serve South Florida, and here we are discussing Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns and the Carolina Panthers. We're definitely not serving the best interests of the South Florida-based football fan, and that means only one thing. By definition, this is an obligatory obligatory football segment. Stone, uh, if possible, if available to you, could we hear the official opener to the uh, the obligatory football segment? Is that possible? Yeah, just in about 10 seconds. All right, so, so the obligatory football segment, if you're new to the show, in the summer... There's not a lot to talk about. That's why on first take, there's a new Mount Rushmore discussion when it comes to football every single day. <laughs> Will the foot, fullback ever make an appearance in the NFL? Who are the top five tight ends over six foot four in NFL history? Put them on your Mount Rushmore. Stephen A. yells, and people react, and everybody's debating. And you know what? If Stephen A. can do it, if first take big business sports tv can do it then sure as hell we can do it here on ken levick alive whether you like it or not we talk football because all you people want to do is consume football so it's time now for the obligatory football segment i think it's safe to say that all these fans came out here to watch a game of football uh john great marshall yeah i know I'm, i'm just making conversation come on football Hut, hut, hike! Uh. 
Now he fires over the middle. Intercepted. I can't believe what I'm seeing right now. You've got to be kidding me. I can't believe what I just saw. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. He'll snap it. Actually, Cole Anderson is behind him. And what in the world? I was in Dallas yesterday. Where, oh, did you see all of those fans crying? Did you see them? I mean, you see, I mean, the ladies were crying. Dudes were crying. Don't cry. Dry your eye. Because we're talking football on July 7th. <laughs> Ken Levick and Jeanette Javier. Friday Night Lights, Stone Labanowitz. Baker Mayfield talk and Go. The biggest question mark at quarterback in the NFL this season is whom? Is it Baker Mayfield? Because how about this, Jen? And I want you to open your ears and I want you to open them wide. Wide, wide, wide. They're Dumbo. I, I would argue Dumbo ears, Jeanette Javier. Not actually, but just because she's, it's a, it's a figure of speech. I don't want her to feel bad. The biggest question mark for me going into the NFL season is a man who has seemingly proved everything. But he retired for six weeks in the offseason. Now he comes back with no Gronk. And he comes back with no Antonio Brown. And he comes back another year older. And he comes back unable to get off of social media and play in pay-per-view golf. And a new head coach. Well, get over yourself, Ken. Tom Brady, to me, is the biggest quarterback question mark in the NFL in 2023. Because at some point... The bottom has to fall out of that old man body. And he is bereft of weapons compared to what he's had over the last two years. He needed a miraculous comeback to preserve his legacy last year in the postseason in a loss. And again, a new head coach there in Tampa and a new configuration with the offense. New personnel, retired personnel. Tom Brady is the biggest quarterback question mark in the NFL in 2023. How about that it's really weird because it as a Tam- big tampa bay buccaneers fan i have not been more confident this season what's there I'd to say- be confident about Jeanette? he came back and the fact that he came back out of retirement without his pieces means he sees something in that team means he is on he his sight is set he sees that ring glittering out in the distance and he is focused on it i am confident in my team's quarterback this season. All right, so you're confident in Tom Brady. I think he's the biggest question mark in the league because we know he's going to start, unlike Baker Mayfield. We know he's going to have the reins of that Tampa team, but they're significantly different than his previous two years in Tampa. So you, Jeanette, you don't think it's Tom Brady. You don't agree with me. Who's your biggest question mark quarterback? I put Aaron Rodgers. Ooh, Aaron Rodgers newly tattooed. <laughs> oh my gosh, did you see that? Fresh ink, baby. You want that... to talk about question marks and dating? I would see that tattoo and probably be like a major red flag. Yeah, flag I was going to say, when you, when you see that tattoo, say you're, you're, you've met Aaron Rodgers on Bumble. Okay. And I'm sure, like, I, I think that... I would that, swipe right on him, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. But then your opening line would probably be something like, I know you're anti-vax, but you're pretty hot. That's facts. Like, would that work? <laughs> I mean, sure, yeah. All right, all right, perfect. Um, So, I'm trying to describe this tattoo, and I am an established play-by-play voice, and I don't even know... <laughs> how to start (laughs) it has constellations at the top of his forearm surrounded by a circle concentric circles what appears to be 
Uh, I don't it, the the one eye. I can't remember what you call it. Like I'm trying. It to reminds think. me of the Illuminati eye. Yeah, 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 definitely does. Like on the uh, on like a, a ten dollar bill, and then you've got one line with his mouth open, one line looking at the other line stoically. Then you have a circle with what appears to be ocean sunset on the water, and then like sort of a fan uh, peacock looking thing. And then a phallic-looking symbol at the bottom of the, the tattoo. That's the best I can describe it. Either way, it looks like something that a conspiracy theorist would get tattooed on his forearm. And you missed a whole part. This is all surrounded by what looks like a compass, but outside of it are astrology signs and <laughs> constellations outside of it. Yeah, I thought I saw I thought I saw the Big Dipper or Orion uh, uh, somewhere on, on this. So, yeah, Aaron Rodgers, newly tattooed. It is bizarre. But... I like where you're going with the question mark of Aaron Rodgers because, yeah, he comes back. He's without his best weapon, who's now off to Las Vegas. He has new guys he's throwing to and a team that can't quite get over the NFL uh, NFC playoff hunt. Uh, everybody's waiting for the last ride for Aaron Rodgers. We thought it was last year. We thought maybe it was two years ago. I don't think... He's going to threaten retirement after this offseason, but you never know with Aaron Rodgers. This very well could be last year. Well, it was also the drama, all the drama before, during, after the season that he brought upon. And then, of course, he re-signed with the Packers, or he stayed with the Packers, and it's like, what are you going to do? You had this attitude. Are you going to continue with this attitude? Like, And especially with a completely different team, how is he going to react with it? So Aaron Rodgers, for sure, and I even in, like, I wouldn't even dare to date that guy. How about this? The fact that Jeanette and I have thrown out arguably the two literally most, most famous quarterbacks in the NFL, the two biggest legends still playing is something here. The biggest quarterback question mark going into this season is who? I say Tom Brady. Jeanette says Aaron Rodgers. How about you? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And you can tweet at us at KLV1063. Again, Baker Mayfield, we don't know if he's starting in Carolina. We don't know what his future is. We know that he left on non-speaking terms with the Cleveland Browns. There is not going to be a reconciliation there. Him and Kevin Stefanski are on the outs. Uh, they went with the bad boy instead of the guy who acts like he's a bad boy, but instead his heart is uh, is made of jello. And so Baker Mayfield, question mark, but I think Tom Brady, another year older, coming off of a weird retirement with new weapons and a new head coach, that's a big question mark. Jeanette says, no, 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 Aaron Rodgers, the tattooed one, perpetual soap opera. He loses his top target, always threatening retirement. He's a question mark. Who is the biggest quarterback question mark in 2023? 888, or 2022 going into 2023. I'm skipping a year. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And tweeted us at KLV1063. What about you, Stone? You you of the fellow quarterbacks, Division One college football quarterbacking star, where do you lay in this quarterback question mark conversation? So originally I wanted to go Baker Mayfield, but I'm going to have to go to Attack of Iloa on the Dolphins because oh. I think him, aside from a lot of the other guys on the list that it could be, like a Deshaun Watson, a Russell, West, Russell 
in Denver. You got Jimmy G and what's going on in the Niners. I think yeah, you called Russell Wilson Russell Westbrook. Yeah, I, I do that all the time. I did. I did. I almost did. But it's like for Tua, we haven't seen that level yet. So I think there's a question mark for any season he has going forward because we haven't seen his true potential, him unlock what he's really able to do. With Baker in 2020, we did see it, right? A really high QBR, over 3,500 yards, 26 touchdowns. But then he regressed in a massive way. Yeah, but I don't think we've even seen either side of the ball with a two attack of ILO. It's like we haven't seen him reach that certain level. So there's where my question mark is. We've finally given him weapons and an OC who is competent. So I'll go Tua here. I think Tua is the easy one. I'm what? super confused because both of you guys flipped out when you saw that footage of Tua when which, at the which Dolphins footage? practice facility. Oh, when he, when he both underthrew of y'all the ball. flipped out about yeah. Tua. You're like, this is the new guy, the new coming of Jesus in South Florida. <laughs> Woo! Well, so we sorry, flipped, I'm really confused by your pick. We've you guys flipped seem confident. Out, we flipped out in a negative way when the Dolphins decided that that sending the footage of the underthrown ball to Tyreek Hill was a good idea. But then they atoned for it two days later when Tua threw a perfect spiral in, uh, spiral in stride to Tyreek Hill. Mm. That's the one we fanboyed over. Big um, time. Now, now, what I would argue with Tua being a question mark is, and you mentioned it, Stone, the Dolphins have answered all of the calls. They have fortified the offensive line. They have gotten the receivers that are going to stretch the field even in the intermediate game. Yards after the catch have become a massive proponent of this Mike McDaniel offense. So when you're looking at question marks, I think that Tua is not as big a question mark because we're going to know by week seven, week eight, if Tua is indeed someone who can succeed with the Dolphins. Like we're going to know pretty quick whether or not Tua can succeed because the Dolphins, unlike Baker Mayfield, who's just sort of floating in the football ether, Aaron Rodgers, who has consistently fallen short of expectations, Tom Brady, who wholly stepped away from the game just to come back, Tua, we're going to have a pretty definitive look at him by the midway point of the season. Which quarterback is the biggest question mark going into this season? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Twitter's always open at KLV1063. Let's start with Ernesto in Boynton. Ernesto's on Ken Levick Alive. What's going on, Ernesto? Good afternoon, boys and girls. Thanks for taking my call. I have a lot. Uh, in terms of quarterbacks, I, I have my preference, of course. I'm a Giants fan. I got Daniel Jones, number He's one on my right list. Up I there. Yep. He's right up on my list. But then let's say, uh, you know, I am a fan of all sports and uh, of all people, and like, you know, not just the people on my team. So the people in my division, I want to see what Jalen Hurts is going to do for Philadelphia. I want to see what... Uh, my man Dak is going to do finally in, 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 in a – I don't think Dallas is even going to do well this year, but they're, they're still going to put him as winning the division. Um, it's, it's up in the air for my division. And Tua, being that I'm a local and I have a financial interest because I bought season tickets, so I need them to do well. So uh, I, there's a lot. I mean, I, to be honest, this is a – and you said it you said yourself. You, have, you also have Brady coming back. Well, not that many weapons, but coming back to a new system. I mean, man, honestly, quarterback-wise, across the board, it's, it's, it's going to be a really, really interesting season, to be honest. It's not going to be like, like, you know, you have the top players. You have everybody to look up. Everybody's in play this year, to be honest. And I think the only name, and appreciate the caller, Nesto, uh, I mean, 
There are several names, but a name that can't come up in any sort of question mark conversation because I think he's reached his career height, and I don't know what the expectations the Rams have moving forward, but like Matthew Stafford seems pretty untouchable right now, right? Yeah, most definitely. I don't know what question we would have. We just saw him play his best ball in a, what, a 14-year career, 14-season yeah. career. So I don't know what the question would even be. Remember when that that – uh, woman photographer fell off the stage at the Super Bowl oh my gosh, celebration, yeah. and uh, people wanted to blame Matt Stafford for that. I that just crossed my mind. That was an idiot time of sports talk radio. Idiot time, and one of the ones to the photographer's defense, I believe, was Jeanette Javier, who we have with us today. Hello. When uh, oh maybe, yeah. man, I forgot that she was leading the parade of idiocy. What was your point again, <laughs> Jeanette? <laughs> that she was there to cover the event that they should have. That if she weren't working for them, she would have got injured because she would have fell off the stage. That they definitely should have covered her cost for medical help and whatnot. Didn't didn't he do that, Stone? <laughs> yeah, he did. He, he didn't have to do that. Here, you know what? Here's the question mark for Matthew Stafford this season. If the Rams win it again, will he provide the padding that you find in an elementary school gym to surround the stage at the park where they hold the celebration rally so that no camera woman ever breaks her leg again when she loses track of where she is on the stage? I bet you that every event after that one has done so. Yeah, but it's not it, that that's on the Rams, not on Matt Stafford. Like I hope the Rams I hope he invoiced the Rams. By the way, to Matt Stafford's defense, I do like how he was drinking the bottle of 1942 tequila and just kind of ran away. That was looking <laughs> back, that was quite funny and an all full honesty, I probably would have reacted to He same. pulled he pulled the well, see you later. Let me but let me take this tequila with me. 1942 and I'm out. <laughs> that was that was just a solid move for Matt Stafford. Who has the biggest question mark of any quarterback in the NFL going into this season? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. That's right. You can hop on the socials. You can tweet at me as well. At KLV1063. Obligatory football segment at the start of a show. You Football heathens, you better eat it and eat it good. Who's the quarterback that has the biggest question mark going into this season? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. She is Jeanette Javier. I am Ken Lavica. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Lavica Live. On ESPN 106.3. Stone, uh, have you seen any current Cleveland Browns player that has wished Baker Mayfield farewell or thanked him for his time in Cleveland on social media? I would assume that they were told not to by some of their media team or their PR, but I'm, I also assume but that why, he, though? He, what, what's just, the, be, the just point be, of that? Just for Twitter replies, just for social media and some of the remarks that were he would be given. So I'd assume he got texts and calls from teammates that were fans of him, that enjoyed his presence and whatnot. And I've, there's been a lot of good, a lot of, a lot, a lot of good audio that I could have pulled from the national media this morning giving him his flowers. But, yeah, I, w- I-, I would say they probably told him to stay off of social media just because of what people would have done and the replies they would have gotten. Do me a favor. Find find one of those cuts, if you could, that praises Baker Mayfield for his time in Cleveland. Well, I, I did send you one earlier in our show prep, and you neglected to respond. But Ken, I'll, use that. I'll pull that one right up. Then use that. You don't have to wait for my approval. 
I'm not like the Browns, the apparent, according to Stone, authoritarian Cleveland Browns. You can grab that piece of audio. Um, But I feel like I would have seen a retweet or something in an Instagram story or anything coming from a Browns player. I would highly doubt the Browns have told players to stay. Because, one, who are the Browns to tell their players that they can't wish their guy farewell a, a team in a lot of turmoil i was just gonna say they pro- there's probably a policy in place with the whole deshaun watson thing going on but it's not like if there was any policy it would be don't tweet or post about deshaun watson's legal status other than saying farewell to baker mayfield like i don't i don't understand why they would make a, a roadblock there when it comes to baker i think that it's more these Cleveland players couldn't wait for Baker Mayfield to finally be dealt. That they were ready for him to be out of the locker room. Here's um, Dan Orlovsky on first take with Courtney Cronin and Harry Douglas earlier right. this morning. Let's hear Dan Orlovsky. This is why I think this is a playoff team with Baker Mayfield, this, the guy we saw two years ago. Because that's the last time he was healthy. He was third in the NFL in QBR, led them to the playoffs. Number one, this is a top 10 defense in the NFL for the Carolina Panthers. Has, has one of the better young defensive lines in the league with Brian Burns and Derrick Brown. They also get J.C. Horn back, who was their superstar corner, first-round draft pick from the South Carolina. They'll get him back healthy. So this is going to be a very good defense. Number two, you talked about the improvement of the offensive line. But you talk about drafting a tackle, top six overall isn't a big deal if he's a really good player. It's 20% of the offensive line. If Ike Aquanu is what many offensive line people say he is going to be, that's a huge jump in their performance. Brady Christensen, they took in the second round last year at offensive line. He's in year two. They signed Austin Corbin in free agency. This has a chance to be a much improved offensive line. Ben McAdoo comes over as their play caller. Whatever you want to say with him as a Giants fan, the commitment to say, we're going to run the football is a commitment. It's a big deal. It matters when it comes to your identity. So I like the fact of that. You mentioned Christian McCaffrey. That's a big question mark. But the flip side is, is if he is healthy, he's one of the best playmakers in all of football. This is the best wide receiver group, and you can't debate that, that Baker Mayfield has ever played with. Talk about Robbie Anderson, <laughs> DJ Moore, and Rashard Higgins. That's the best wide receiver group he's Ooh. ever had. Maybe not the total skill group, disrespect. best wide receiver group. And I look at it like this. If that offensive line protects and they run the football, there's two things that are going to happen. They're going to take shots downfield. What does Baker Mayfield have? Big time arm to throw the ball downfield. Big time arm. And then you know they're going to create a lot of those one-on-ones in the pass game. What does Baker Mayfield have? Elite ball placement. So, again, if that dude's healthy. Excuse me? McCaffrey's around healthy. That offensive line can't be worse. With that defense, this is a team that was 1-7 and in one-score games. If all those things, I get their ifs, but that's how we live. If all those things are what they can and or should be, this is a team that's going to make the playoffs in the NFC. Can somebody get me the SSRIs that Dan Arlovsky's taking to fill his brain with the serotonin that had him saying on national television that Baker Mayfield has elite ball placement, a guy who has never been top 15 in the NFL in accuracy, in passing accuracy? What in the name of a higher power is Dan Arlovsky even talking about? Go off short, King. Play uh, off the play action, top 10 defense, big arm. I think there's a lot uh, to be had if he can win this job here in Carolina. He's also made of plaster of Paris. 
<laughs> Anytime he gets touched, ooh, ouchie, my labrum. Plaster of Paris? I'm and not- he'll, he'll, t- he'll tell you about it, too. Oh, I just I didn't play well, and I, I threw, uh, I, I was a 55% passer because my shoulder hurt. Mm. <laughs> When 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 we do stat comparisons, I wanted to pull. I said, you know, I when we were doing research with the interns, Mars said, give me a random quarterback, just name one who played well in 2020. And they said Kyler Murray, and I pulled up the stats, and it was Baker Mayfield, 3,500 yards, 26 TDs, completion percentage 64.8 percent. Kyler Murray, 3,800 yards, 26 TDs, lower QBR, more INTs than Baker, and 26 touchdowns as well. So it's odd. It's it's just apples and oranges. It's however you want to paint the picture. When this guy's playing at a high level, he's a good quarterback. He's clearly a starter, and the Panthers think that. And I think if they can, if he can win them nine games, then he'll he'll remain in a Panthers jersey, and Matt Rule will keep his job. I think he it's a really played, good situation for him. He's played at an above average level for about eleven games in his career for a poverty franchise. A poverty franchise who uh, and Dan Orlovsky. What's the difference between best skill group wide receivers and best group of wide receivers? At, uh, is, a big difference, difference. A big difference. You're talking maturity levels. You're talking skill. You're talking social. You're talking how guys are handled around a team, how they're respected, how much they're getting paid. If you have a lower-paying group of receivers that produce the same thing, you're keeping the drama away from Baker Mayfield. You're keeping the drama away from Jarvis Landry and Njoku. It's like those guys were drama-ridden and played like they were still in college, especially socially and how they handled a locker room. But you have guys in Carolina who have kept their heads down young and hungry, and you just trust them more instead of having to babysit guys like Odell Beckham Jr. I'd argue that Baker Mayfield has been benefited by an elite running game in Cleveland and solid tight ends. He has never maximized a receiving core. Never maximized a receiving core. Never made a receiving core better. Baker Mayfield has not utilized a wide receiver core correctly. There is no reason to believe that he goes to Carolina and he does that with, as Dan Orlovsky puts it, a better group. And you mentioned Kyler Murray. I think he's a prime candidate for biggest question mark going into this season. A guy who wasn't happy with his contract and he started doing the petty, scorned lover routine (laughs) on social media, deleting photos and changing bios and doing that whole thing. Kyler Murray has a massive question mark going into this year as well. Which quarterback has the biggest question mark going into the season? 888-760-3776. And on Twitter, at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. Now, I said Tom Brady. Jeanette goes with Aaron Rodgers. And uh, what was yours again, Stone? Tua. Tua Tagovailoa. Tua Tagovailoa. And I would think that he's going to get an awful lot of social media mention here. Let's go to Twitter, at KLV1063. Jupiter Joe says, it's Dak Prescott. Can he get back or even better than his form from two or three years ago before his injury? From everything that I'm hearing, he's as healthy as he's ever been. If this is the case, the sky is the limit for the Dallas Cowboys. How many times, though, are we going to have that discussion about Dak Prescott? Too many times. I, I, I understand. And Listen, you and I were were very complimentary of Dak Prescott coming back from his injury last year. And I thought I liked the Dak Prescott who didn't want to immediately just depart from the pocket. I liked the Dak who hung in there. He didn't seem like he was afraid of contact. But he definitely, his decision-making regressed as the year went on. He was exposed in the playoffs. And so I'm pro-Dak. I want to see Dak succeed. But there's too much there in Dallas for me to keep saying that, oh, well, Dak, he's like a year away, or Dak, he's like two years away. I thought he would have proven himself by this point.
I thought that he would have been able to write that story by this point, and he hasn't, and I'm sort of getting frustrated with Dak. I think the same conversation I had with Tua being the only one who hasn't shown his level, I think there are more questions around that NFC East than there are with Dak and a Jalen Hurts and a Daniel Jones because we've seen Dak's ability to play well. But what confuses me the most about all of this and all the hype that the Dallas Cowboys get every offseason, their team win total with Vegas right now is posted at 11.5. I mean, can anybody with a sane mind bet the Dallas Cowboys to win over 11 games? Like It, it just confuses me, but maybe this is the year. But, you know, we can't put our finger on it. I have no clues. Dak Prescott's another good one. I mean, I know that Stone throws around his cash willy-nilly on a nightly basis uh, <laughs> trying to uh, trying to hit the parlays. But Jeanette values her, uh, her money, values mm-hmm. what she's earned in this American capitalistic working world. Mm-hmm. There's no way you would feel comfortable putting money down with the Cowboys over 11 wins. No, it's not something, as we've discussed earlier, I gave Stone $30 cash $30. so we can invest something. <laughs> So I can make a wild bet during whatever season this year. And this is not something I would put my $30 towards. Um, what what did we say uh, the parlay was for, um, uh, what's his face? Why am I totally blanking? Fal- uh, uh, Ridley, Calvin Ridley. Didn't we say, Stone, there was like 25 different parts to that parlay that got him suspended? Yeah, it was a $500 11-team parlay. <laughs> what? Oh, 11-team parlay. So what What you need to do, we should do the Calvin Ridley Ooh. with Jeanette. Okay. Let's, with her $30, let's find an 11-team parlay once football season begins and yeah. invest those $30 to try and maximize it for Jeanette. How do we feel about that? If Calvin Ridley can do it, then surely Jeanette could, and she won't get suspended from anything. Okay, that's on air, just so we know, so we have it, just in case. Not to, I, I, I will, a man with no power like myself, I am declaring that Jeanette cannot get in trouble for an 11-team parlay that she puts $30 on. Okay, that is, that's something I would invest in. Jeanette, I'm all about the high ROI. Yeah, Jeanette, okay? the Tampa Bay Buccaneers team win total is also posted at 11 and a half. If you think that's a little better than the Cowboys, maybe that's where we dabble, too. We throw that on there. Oh, that would be nice because mm. it is my team. Oh, but she's betting with her heart. Oh, yeah, it's never a good idea. Never I was betting with idea. my heart in the first place because, remember, the initial parlay I was going to do was the Orlando Magic made it to the playoffs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win the Super Bowl. That that's, was the initial true. parlay I was going to do. This is the full heart bet right here. Oh, man, full cut us on. <laughs> but, no, well done. But uh, I think this is – it's not as much – of a heart, a corazón bet, <laughs> if the line is exactly where it needs to be, if the line is at 11 and a half, right? Correct. That would be more of a logistic, a logical? Yeah. Log- a logical, yeah. not a logistical, a logical decision. I'm going yeah. to think about this. Do I have to pick which 11 teams? How does uh, this work? Well, we'll do that come football yeah. season. It's got to be the right circumstance. And it could, it could be win totals or it could be within the season. You know, uh, with games, and then maybe throw in like a a baseball game or a couple of baseball games, something like that. No, <laughs> no, basketball. No. Okay, all right. So then we have to wait till like November. I might throw a little more cash in the pot then. By then, uh, <laughs> let's go. Someone's expecting to get big money in the next couple of months. <laughs> Show me the like money. That. I've seen that one. I've seen Jerry Maguire. Yeah, oh wow, one of the few. Excellent. By the way, that reminds me that uh, Jeanette Javier's Hollywood blockbuster blowout uh, is in the second hour. She reviews. Uh, she reviews Karate Kid. She had never seen Karate Kid. She has now seen it. She gives her review in the one o'clock hour. Let's go to Eddie in Boynton. Eddie's on Ken Levick Alive. Hello, Eddie. Hey everyone, how y'all how y'all doing today? Good, brother. Doing hey, all right. Eddie. 
Nice, nice. Uh, y'all, y'all kind of skipping. I, I got two things. First off, uh, the quarterback I think that is going to be under the most scrutiny, and y'all going to laugh maybe, is Trey Lance because he's a, he is actually on a very good team. You know, they had Garoppolo these couple mm-hmm. of years. He's been taking them to the playoffs. You know, yeah, he's a little hurt and everything, but all that guy has done is win and date porn stars. But, uh, you know, just win every time at, 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 with San Francisco. So they, they're going to push Trey Lance into that starting position, and I don't see them winning more than eight games this year. So that's one on that. That's good. And, uh, man, yeah, Levica, I would love for you to take on Orlovsky. Can you guys make it happen and have Orlovsky call in? Please. All right. Please, so, by all means. So I have uh, myself and, and Eddie, thank you for the call. Myself and Jay Williams have had um, a beef. Uh, myself and Chris Carlin have had a beef. Should we start poking at Dan Orlovsky? Oh, God, I will do my best to get Dan Orlovsky on here to school your ass. Stone is so giddy right now. Thank you, Eddie. Wow. So I don't know if I want to really battle over Baker Mayfield, though. But should we Whoa, whoa, make- whoa, whoa. What are, what are we what are we talking about? You gotta wake up feeling dangerous. This is this is well, this is the guy you've been bashing oh for months God. on end, and you're going to continue to do so the entire season long. So why back down now? What does Dan how does Dan feel about Tua? I think Dan is a fan actually of okay, Tua. Okay, never mind. I was gonna yeah, say Dan's they should go very, about it. Dan's Dan's very pro Tua. Okay, All right. never mind. Listen, let's let's see if a couple of weeks go by, if he says something because here's the thing, like I don't wanna have a beef, a football beef with still two months to go before football actually starts, you know? Like, I think that that's pointless because then it's going to get muddled by too many other things. Like, we we had our beef with Jay will during the Heat playoff run. We had our beef with Chris Carlin during the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. Let's at least have our ESPN personality beefs in the season with the sport that we're talking about. Does that make sense, Jeanette? Yes, yes, yes. All right, so we'll – but, hey, Orlovsky – We've got our eye on you. Oh, God, here we go. <laughs> Eddie, that was a great idea. Are you experiencing foot and ankle pain? Need to see an expert in the field? Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit baptisthealth.net slash orthocare to learn more today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians and leading-edge treatments and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle, joint replacement, spine, and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash orthocare for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offered is conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash orthocare. When we return, is KD actually going to get traded? This is getting really annoying. She's Jeanette Javier. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. I find the conversations that we have in breaks almost as entertaining of the things we discuss on the air. Because during the break, Jeanette goes, hey, Ken, it's not just the play that Jimmy Garoppolo leaves San Francisco and leaves off to Trey Lance to try and follow in his footsteps. What else is Trey Lance trying to duplicate in San Francisco, Jeanette? He has to try and be as good-looking as Jimmy J. The hot piece of God-given meat. Greek. Greek meat. Uh, Marbled, chiseled. (laughs) I can go on and on and on. 
Jimmy G a hot piece of lamb. Yeah. Nice yeah. lamb, too. Yeah. Aged. Yeah. He is a uh, uh, big, juicy gyro. Uh, uh, no, gyro's kind of cheap and greasy. Something what? that Trey Lance kind of comes in to the, for, come to the situation. Oh, my God. I can't As opposed you to just... a nice lamb chop that Jimmy G is. I'm going to say this right now. A gyro is a top three late night drunk food. For sure, but it's greasy. That's the point of a year. No, but you it, have it because you're drunk and yeah, you need something not, to satisfy. It's not first on the radar. You have to have a night of drinking and just be like, you know what? Screw it. I'll just get a euro. And but, that's Trey Lance yeah. for the 49ers right now. Like, oh, but, I got to have a couple beers and maybe this guy will be good. But I would Physically argue. or on the field. I would argue that if euro had the proper marketing like pizza, euro would be something that people got more often for, say, ordering to your home. Like pizza has had a really good public relations head for an awful long time. Euros, because they're an import from a distant land, didn't quite get the same push that pizza has. Well, pizza's more like uh, at 2 p.m. you're like, hey, you want to do pizza tonight? And the family's like, yeah, yeah. But But if if the mom's like, hey, guys, we're going to do Euros tonight, everyone's like, oh. Nobody says that. Nobody's ever said, oh, to a Euro. (laughs) Who doesn't love pita, lamb, and some tzatziki? Ken, I'm going to go off on you about your Euro pizza debate. Cucumbers, what up? Because Mm -hmm. gyro is my favorite meal. The people at the Greek restaurant two blocks away know me my name and know my (laughs) order every time I call. They know my phone number, okay? Euros are perfectly designed for any type of consumption. Uh Sober, drunk, high, whatever drug you're on, gyro is there. Whatever, that's well said, Jeanette Javieropoulos. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And I love Greece. I spent yeah. a week and a half there. It was beautiful so, in all fronts. But- I, I just would argue that, that Euros, if they got the proper push, they could be a regular dining. Why do you, why no. you don't think they don't get the push? No, no, no. So this is the part I was going to go into. Euros are not as easily edible or not as easy to eat as a pizza is. They're in a pocket. No, they're not. It is not a good gyro That's if a, everything fits in the pocket. I, I need my gyro to be messy and slobby. I don't like that slobby. argument. I think it's almost like a taco. You just put and it in your yeah. mouth. No, no, I I need I need ever I need that tzatziki sauce oozing out of my gyro. But that's your and it better problem. be homemade. Okay, but I would argue that gyros are an elite food. I love gyros that much because it's got everything. It's got meat in a pocket mm. like a taco. Mm-hmm. Like Stone just said, we love tacos. Tacos Woo! are, I mean, tacos are a staple of American cuisine, right? And it's got the sauce component, the tzatziki, which I think in some capacity is better than salsa. So I think that I'm Ooh. ready to declare that gyros are an elite food. Are gyros in elite food? And do not call them gyros because that is not how you pronounce it. Are gyros in elite food? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Are gyros in elite food? I say unequivocally yes, but I'm getting pushback. I'm getting pushback from Jeanette. I'm getting pushback from Stone, and I don't quite understand where this is coming from. Also, pizza, you can kind of... Change it Hold to everybody's it. taste. You know, like, oh, I want sausage. I want pepperoni. I want cheese. I want mushrooms. I want onions. Do not put pineapple on pizza. Do not come with me with that. But you know what works with pineapple? Don't talk to me. Is a gyro. Ew! What are you talking about? You would put pineapple in a gyro, Ken? That's common. That is disgusting! I, I believe it's somewhat common. Oh, yeah. no! What are you talking about? Oh, no!
Can I, I, I spent 12 months in uh, downtown Brooklyn, and I lived there, and I've eaten plenty of euros, and I believe on a few of them I've added some pineapples. Yeah, uh, me too. Me too. Never I won't do it on pizza. Never in my life would I do that, or I Are, think about that. What is the matter with you? It's just Why maybe you... it's an acquired taste. Maybe it's just a... Euro is perfectly by itself. Why do you need to, like, poison it with pineapple? Maybe we have more advanced Pineapple? Palettes. Yeah, I think that's what no, it is. No, you're disgusting palates. Both of you. Um, so, so, uh, again, are you I'm Euros... sweating in this from yelling so much. Are <laughs> Euro's an elite food, 888-760-3776. When we return, Jeanette with a very judgmental, comprehensive look at the appearance of Trey Lance in comparison to Jimmy Garoppolo. She's Jeanette Javier. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.